Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome into the LightningInsider.com podcast presented by BetUS. I am Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com. I hope everybody had a great holiday season, hopefully a safe New Year as well. It was a crazy drive home from the New Year's Eve game against the Rangers with all the fog. I hope everybody had a fun and safe time on New Year's Eve as we welcomed in the 2022 calendar year. And I think from a non-hockey perspective, we're all hoping for a much, much better 2022 than what 2021 bring us. So, all right, a few things I want to discuss with everybody today. Uh, Of course, we'll get to your questions uh, here at the end of the broadcast. But a few things I want to touch on today before, um, you know, we get too deep into things. Uh, what a weird week it was for Tampa Bay coming out of the Christmas break. It was kind of an eerie feeling heading into the Christmas break, but uh, boy, came out of it, and it was a strange, strange ride for Tampa Bay. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, how about the roster problems that the roster that the team is going to have to deal with here uh, very, very shortly? And I'll get into what I mean by that. And I uh, had some people who were... Raising questions because they looked at the Lightning schedule for February and the Stadium Series game was missing from the calendar. We'll we'll get into that and and actually what the February calendar is going to look like for Tampa Bay. It's a very interesting thing. And, of course, like I said, we'll get to your questions uh, that were sent in. Thanks to everybody who did send them in here at the end. But before we do, I want to let you know that, hey, NHL getting geared up once again. You've got the college football championship game, Alabama versus Georgia on Monday, January the 10th. You got the NFL playoffs fast approaching. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. That's BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 869-BETUS. That's 800-MY-BETUS. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code BOLTS22. That's BOLTS22 for a 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. 
BetUS has all your NBA and NHL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and NFL odds up already. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf and round matchups, and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the racebook has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. All right, recapping the strange and weird week it was for Tampa Bay, as we know right now with the strain of the virus that's going around, it's it's taken a hit uh, in many NHL locker rooms and, and putting a strain on rosters. We saw the postponement games, and it was a very eerie feeling heading into the break. You remember December 21st, Tampa Bay of Vegas, they were the last uh, gasp of games. They were the last two teams on the Titanic. It's what it felt like heading into the break as the league shut down everything after that game, uh, including Tampa Bay's game that was scheduled at Arizona on December the 23rd. Started the Christmas break uh, earlier than it would have been. It would have been the 24th, 25th, and 26th. Instead, it ended up being the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. So it turned into a four-day break before teams were able to come back. And when the lighting came back, it was a, I'm telling you, it was a strange sight. I showed up at the TGA's Iceplex in Brandon. Yes, the team practices are closed to the public, but they do allow the media in. First of all, the doors were locked because they, I mean, they weren't open to the public um, for skating or anything, so they were closed to the public. So I had to find my way into the building, and then when you look out on the ice as the team gets ready to practice. At one end of the ice, there's no goalie. They got the old shooter tutors tied up to the net. And at the other end is Franz Jean, goaltender coach for Tampa Bay. And you're thinking, oh boy, neither goalie is on the ice. No Andre Vasilevsky, no Brian Elliott. And then you get word that uh, not only had they been added to the COVID, proto- uh, COVID protocol list, uh, also Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Mikhail Sergachev, and assistant coach Rob Zettler were all added to that list, so minus four players, including both goaltenders, and minus an assistant coach. Uh, John Cooper was still in COVID protocol. Remember, he had shown a, a positive test the day of the game in Vegas and was unavailable. So you're down two coaches, down two goalies, and down two players uh, coming out of the Christmas break, and it just sort of kicked off the what the week was going to entail because the next day, Anthony Sorelli was actually pulled out of a team meeting when his test results came back positive. He was sent home to isolate. In addition, Andre Schuster, who had been called up for that game in Vegas, was reassigned to Syracuse, but I'm pretty sure he came back to Tampa with the team. Uh, he was recalled and put on the newly formed taxi squad uh, and immediately went into COVID protocols. And then you had... Um, game day, the, the, the goaltending situation wasn't really squared away. December the 26th was a Sunday. Wasn't squared away until late Monday afternoon, just over 24 hours before the Lightning was scheduled to play a game. And Maxime Lagasse, who ended up getting the start that Tuesday night, uh, talked about his journey 
being in Quebec City for Christmas, getting word that, hey, he has to be on standby, and sure enough, both Vasilevsky and Elliott go into protocols. They're unavailable. So he has to drive back from Quebec City, cross the border. He can't fly because of uh, some of the issues. Has to drive back to, to Syracuse, which is about a six to six and a half hour drive. I Googled it. Has to get his flight arrangements for Monday night, the 27th. Is able to find a little bit of ice because Syracuse had been in COVID protocols. They'd been off since the 15th. Now, some of their games have been postponed because of COVID issues with the opposing team, but then Syracuse had some of their own issues. So it was just a strange, strange week uh, as it went on. Uh, Lagasse played well enough in the game against Montreal, and the Lightning were able to rally. Uh, late Corey Perry goal ties it. Tampa Bay wins it in overtime on an Andre Palat goal. Uh, but again, you, you, you just didn't know what was going to come around the next corner. Right? They get to Florida on December the 30th. Two more players go into protocols. Taylor Radish and Cal Foote. Pierre Edward Belmar came out of protocol because of the newly instituted five-day quarantine as opposed to the 10-day quarantine based on the recommendations from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. They changed it from five to 10 days as you know, if you're asymptomatic. So at, at Belmar, who was actually started his quarantine before Christmas, he talked about his, his situation having to be in his room, not able to hug his daughter, you know, for Christmas and Christmas dinner and everything like that. So he actually started his protocols. His clock was ticking in terms of getting out of the protocols because he, he didn't have any symptoms. So he came out on the 30th. Of course, John Cooper by then was cleared to come out as well. But now two more guys go on it. Franz Jean goes on the list. Dave Randorf ends up on the list, unavailable. Pulls Rick Peckham out of retirement. The Hall of Famer, the great Rick Peckham. Great guy to have on standby. Ends up calling the three games while Randorf is out. Uh, fortunately for Tampa Bay, as we sit here and talk right now, so I'm recording this on Tuesday, all the players have been cleared. No new players have been added to the list since the 30th when Radish and Foot went in. Franz Jean was the only one as of this recording that was still in it. So there wasn't any more spread, knock on wood, through the lighting locker room. So that's a good sign for this team. But it was still a strange situation coming back. I even asked Matthew Joseph about it the other day. He said it was it was certainly a different vibe. You know, they certainly the players over the last two years uh, in terms of, of the games in the NHL have learned to adjust and adapt. And, and that's what he said. We just had to uh, adapt and adjust. We didn't know who was going to be in the lineup from day to day. Lines are changing. Defensive pairings are changing. We saw three guys make their NHL debut. We saw two others make their team debut. Lagasse and, and Ford, Remy Ellie, who played in Florida, were, were the two who played their first Lightning game. You saw the NHL debuts of Darren Radish, Taylor Radish's older brother, on defense. Sean Day on defense. And, of course, Hugo Alnefeldt, who played the third period 
in Florida all made their NHL debuts. So it was just, it was a weird, weird vibe, as Matthew Joseph pointed out throughout the entire week. And uh, even going into the Sunday game at the Rangers, you know, we, we kind of got the feel that Andre Vasilevsky was going to be cleared with some of the roster moves that were made the day before. Sure enough, he leads the team out onto the ice. And again, just top off the weirdness. It's his first game since that game in Vegas on the 21st. Wasn't able to really, well, he got no ice time. He got no ice time. Comes in cold. There's no morning skate because it's the 12-30 game. And goes out and, and plays. And uh, just sort of capped off the crazy week. Hopefully for Tampa Bay, it'll now settle down somewhat, just a little bit. And uh, some of that uh, that sort of craziness hopefully goes away and the team can kind of settle in. Because you heard John Cooper. You heard some of the players. I mean, Anthony Sorelli talked as he came back in the game on Sunday afternoon as well about how his timing was off, some of his passes were off. And I'm telling you, in the number of years that I've covered this league, any player will tell you just two days off, two days off the ice, it feels weird when they come back for the third day. That's why you do not see very often a team, a coach, give the players two consecutive days off. It happens every now and then. Good chance we'll see that actually later this month after the team comes back from a West Coast trip. There's a four-day gap between games. But will they be consecutive days off? You know, So you don't see it too often, although it does happen because of that, that reason. So here you had Vasilevsky, who hadn't seen the ice since the 21st. Sorelli got the practice in on the 26th, but then was pulled out of the meeting. So he'd gone you know, uh, close to a week without any ice time. So now hopefully as the players are kind of they'll get back into their groove and they'll find their sink again but uh, it was uh, it was a weird weird week for Tampa Bay they end up uh, with just three out of eight possible points in the week they get the overtime victory against Montreal of course the 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 drubbing at the hands of the Florida Panthers on the 30th the New Year's Eve game where uh, again uh, team played well Brian Elliott, a couple giveaways, ends up giving the, the gifting the Rangers a couple of goals. Another Corey Perry extra attacker goal, his third this year to tie the game in the third period, at least force the overtime. They end up dropping that one in the shootout, and then they get a shutout in New York, four to nothing, uh, as they get back into a, a condensed schedule here over the next couple of weeks, basically playing every other day. Um, so hopefully they can kind of get their game back on track a little bit and closer in what we normally see from the team. All right, the roster issues. Some of the roster issues that are going to be faced, this team is going to be facing because it's coming. And by roster issues, I more mean lineup issues because Nikita Kucherov is close. He's getting very close. I would say, as I sit here and record right now, no more than nine or ten days out at the maximum. John Cooper had mentioned after Sunday's game against the Rangers that maybe by the time Calgary comes to town on the 6th, he could be in the day-to-day status. Uh, Knowing how this team operates, I personally would circle the 13th, January 13th, as a day to kind of target as a potential return, Only, only because you have the two home games, you've got Calgary and Boston, and then you have back-to-back road games. I don't know if you want him playing back-to-back games. 
coming off the injury that he has. I don't know if you want to test it right away. So that's my theory. Either way, Nikita Kucherov is going to be back very, very shortly. And when he does, there are some lineup decisions that are going to be difficult for the coaching staff to make. Because when Kucherov was was healthy at the beginning of the year, when they had their full allotment of forwards, they were only carrying um, the one extra forward. They were only carrying 22 on the roster. So it was one extra forward, so they they were kind of going between Radish and Kachuk, who are both NHLs and both made their debuts this year. Um, And now, now on top of that, with Kucherov coming back, assuming... There's no other roster moves taking place. Gabriel Fortier was sent back to Syracuse. But Riley Nash is here now. And, you know, while Riley Nash is not going to add a ton of points to his uh, resume, he's a very good penalty killer. He can win some face-offs. He's good defensively. Um, so, you know, he's a veteran. Right-handed shot centerman. Uh, they like their options in terms of getting guys out for face-off, right side, left side. Um, plus you have Kachuk and Radish. So who comes out of the lineup when Nikita Kucherov's back? It's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong. And ice time is going to be hard to come by, assuming everybody's healthy. And then what do you do with the lines? Found it interesting with Steven Stamkos back in the middle, pretty much out of necessity this season because of the lack of center depth they have based on what they lost in the offseason. Stamkos was shifted back to the middle, and he's thrived. So when Sorelli came back for the Rangers game, he was at the wing alongside Braden Point. So you figure now Kucherov goes right back in with Point. Do you switch Sorelli over the left side? What do you do with Alex Kalorn? Because Andre Palat has been playing with Steven Stamkos. We saw Ross Colton on the right side the other day. Does Kucherov come back and play with Stamkos on the right side? I don't think so. I think he goes right back and plays with Braden Point. But these are things that the coaching staff is going to have to sort out. And it's going to be interesting to watch how they do it. There can be times where it can cause problems. And I, and I don't think it will in this point. You know, the this team... The culture that they have, I don't think, permits for that to happen. I think everybody's going to understand their role and what they're asked to do. But it will be very, very interesting to see how the coaching staff handles that moving forward. But again, like I said, it's a good problem because a coach will always tell you, I always want to have to wrestle with its decision who has to come out rather than saying, well, we got to get that guy out of here. You know? That, that's the difference that coaches will always tell you. So, And then they'll have to manage between Radish and Kachuk and, and see who gets in and out of the lineup um, on a regular basis. If they flip-flop, if they rotate, how do they do it? Uh, because both have played well uh, when they've been in, in the lineup uh, pretty much throughout the entire year. All right, the February schedule situation. Um, I, I noticed this the other day. When if you looked at certain places on the NHL, uh, the, t- the team schedule or the NHL app, y- y- you took a glance at February, and all of a sudden you look down and February 26th showed no game. 
wait a second. That's the Stadium Series game. Just watch the Winter Classic in uh, Minnesota. Oh, what? what do you, uh, I mean, look, in today's day and age, you see that disappear. You're like, well, what's going on? Because of all the cancellations and the postponements, nothing's going to happen to that game. And certainly if it did, it wasn't going to be at the beginning of January. So that's why I didn't really bring attention to it. I didn't want people to panic over it uh, by seeing that. Uh, I was assured it was just a glitch on the NHL's website. Uh, I saw Larry Brooks in the New York Post said the same thing. Uh, even looking at March, there were a couple of games that had kind of disappeared off the calendar. Uh, but uh, rest assured, as of right now, everything is still go. And certainly that stadium series is too much of a, of, a, of a showcase game for the league, especially with the defending champions being involved, the game in Nashville. N- n- you can almost guarantee nothing, nothing is going to happen to that game uh, unless the worst-case scenario pops up. So that's, that is nothing to be concerned about. What the February schedule is going to look like, though, is a different story altogether. Remember, you had basically a three-week stretch in February that was supposed to be for the Olympic participation, which we know now is not going to happen. Here's the thing. With the number of games that have been postponed, I think we're getting up close to 100 games league-wide. I, I do, not, do not envy the schedule maker in any way, shape, or form here. The difficult task to find places to put these games into. And I wouldn't want to have that job, even with a computer matrix helping you out. But what it means for Tampa Bay is this. As of right now, there's only two games that Tampa Bay has to have rescheduled. They will have to go back out to Denver to face the Avalanche, and they will have to go back out to Glendale to face the Arizona Coyotes. That's it. Just two games. Meanwhile, you've got a bunch of other teams that are going to have to reschedule three, four, five games. Number of games that Calgary lost. Number of games that Calgary is going to lose. The NHL has postponed a ton of games in Canada because of attendance limitations. The Canadians, I think their next four home games are all postponed because the province of Quebec will not allow for uh, any indoor gatherings at the moment. So those games are all going to have to be rescheduled. Um, Seattle's been affected by this. Um, you know, So there's a lot of games that are going to have to be rescheduled. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get some serious rest. And I think that's that could be key. I was speaking with an executive, an NHL executive the other day, who said that he thought it was going to be a very, very difficult situation for the Lightning to repeat, to three-peat this year because of the number of games they've already played, the number of players they were going to have participating in the Olympics, and then to turn around and try and go through another playoff grind. He said, I just don't see how they're going to do that. Well, now the Olympics are not in the equation anymore. And we know the 10 potential 11 players from the Lightning that would have participated, uh, could have participated in the Olympics, are not going to go. And now you throw in this additional rest they're going to get in February where a good portion of the league is having to reschedule games. That's extra rest. Now this executive said, "I, I, I think that they're going to do it. I think that they certainly have the best chance to do it since the Islanders did it 
in the 80s. Now, there haven't been a ton of teams, obviously, that have repeated Pittsburgh in 91-92, the Red Wings in 97-98, then you had the, the Penguins again in 16-17. So there hasn't been a lot of opportunities to do it, but this executive now thinks the way that this team is built, the way that they've played this year, Vasilevsky and Nett, he thinks that they have a really, really good shot, and he, he thinks they're the favorite to do it again. Time will tell, but the fact that they are going to get some of that additional rest in February now, it's a huge, huge factor. It, it just is, uh, and I think that's um, something that Tampa Bay can use as a positive uh, to get all that, uh, some additional practice time. I know the players don't necessarily like the practice time, but the coaches do uh, to get everything to um, in line for the team and get them ready uh, for, you know, playoff run. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. All right. Uh, don't forget about that BetUS code, betus.com. Use the code BOLTS22, 125% um, bonus to uh, your first sign-up. Uh, again, betus.com is the website. And then you can also call 869-BET-US. That's 800-MY-BET-US as well. Don't forget that code, BOLTS22, to get your bonus. All right, to your questions, as always, I appreciate this. I love this. I have always loved the interaction with uh, with you guys here. Um, so let's get to these questions. Let's start with... Um, First one's from Maddie, uh, Patty. Sorry, Patty. Uh, no reason to panic, but what are some of the things the team needs to do to get back to being the bolts we know and love? Uh, you just said it right there, Patty. No reason to panic. Uh, I mean, look, you're always going to have rough patches in a season. I just documented what went on this week, and as much as the players can adapt, I mean, you're missing your top two goalies for two games. Elliot, <laughs> I forgot to mention this part. On the day of the Rangers game on New Year's Eve, Brian Elliott didn't even skate with the team because he was having to get his tests all cleared. He's out in Brandon taking shots from Derek Lalonde. So that was his only ice time, and he goes right into a game. Uh, so you're without your top two goalies for two games. Brian Elliott comes back cold for the third game. Your number one goalie comes back cold for the fourth game. Uh, it, it's going to have an effect on the team. And, uh, you know, I wrote about this the other day, lightninginsider.com, if anybody wants to subscribe, that after the Florida game was one of those games that a coach can kind of see a little bit, and I think John Cooper alluded to it um, when he came back the morning skate of the Florida game. You know, when I asked him how he felt the team played uh, with him out as he had to watch the games on TV, he said, you know, look, it's great that we got two points. I don't know how many style points we got. Kind of alluding that the, you know, the the team game was kind of slipping a little bit. Well, now you got to build it back up. And if the Florida game was the teardown, it just takes a little bit to get things back on track. And there'll be another slip up during the season. You're not quite to the halfway point yet. Still about two weeks away from the midway point of the season. 
So they will get it back on track. It's just it's just getting the the, the in back in sync, getting some flu, uh, flow back to their game. Uh, defensively, look the two games against the Rangers, their their advanced numbers were about what the team would want, right? So that's that's what you do. You don't get the results in them. You only get one point out of the the two games against the Rangers. Certainly played to a level that you can that's going to get you more positive results more often than not. And, and, of course, if not for the two giveaways by Elliott on New Year's Eve, they win that game, and we think a little bit differently about things going on. Uh, from Stephanie, uh, talking about Kucherov, once he returns, how do you see the line shaking up? Will it be Joseph, Radish, or Kuchuk out? Uh, talked about that. Also, do you think they have a need to pick up anyone at the deadline or the cap won't allow? Uh, the cap can be... Um, a funny thing, a difficult thing. I don't do math, so I won't try and get into the numbers. But there will be space. There will be cap space at the trade deadline, just as we saw last year. It took some creativity to bring in David Savard. But they can get it done. Uh, so, yeah, um, th- what would be on my the, the top of my list? Uh, um, depth defenseman, preferably on the right side. Uh, and a sentiment who can face-offs. And I don't know if Riley Nash is that guy right now. Maybe you've already picked up that player. Um, but they, they're having some struggles in the face-off circle, so uh, that would be at the top of my list. From Mason, how are the prospects coming along? Is Tampa's peak right now, or will they have a few good years left of being one of the top powerhouses in the NHL? Um, you've got 88 net. You've got a pretty good young core still intact between Kucherov, Point, and Sorelli. Hedman and Stamkos are still uh, at the top of their game. Uh, Stamkos in particular having a really good year this year. This team's window is still open for at least a few more years. Now, when you win as much as they have, when you give up some of the prices that Julian Breezeball has given up here over the past couple of years, you're not drafting high. You're giving away first-round draft picks to win cups, and you'll take that trade any day of the week. You don't have the high-end prospects, but they have some. They have some um, that are going to come along. Now, can they rise to the point of a point? Eh, it's a high bar. Even a Sorelli. Remember, those guys were both third-round draft picks. You know, you're seeing Radish and Kachuk who were both second-round draft picks. Can they come in and be impact players? You're not going to get a top 10 pick. You're not going to get a top 15 pick unless you trade into it. So your prospect pool is going to take a hit. So certainly they're not as deep as they were, you know, five, six years ago when they put five players on Team Canada for the World Juniors. Uh, But they have some coming. They have some coming, which leads into uh, a question here from Andreas. Will Sammy Walker sign a contract? And Sammy Walker is the captain of the University of Minnesota. Uh, He is a senior this year. Uh, I don't know whether Sammy Walker will sign. Uh, you always get a little trepidatious, if you will, with college players who reach their senior year and they haven't signed yet. Now, Sammy Walker is an exception because he went in as a true freshman. So this is not like, you know, when Ross Colton signed after two years, you know, Ross Colton was already 22 years old. Sammy Walker's younger in that aspect. Um, but he's been very, very good the couple of prospect camps that, that he's come to. Uh, but you do, you do worry about it because there is that loophole in the 
a CBA that allows for college players who don't sign with the team that drafted them. They can become a free agent in August, and I don't know exactly what the date is this year because some of the dates have moved around, um, you know, that they can become a free agent. Now we saw Alex Kalorn reach his senior year at Harvard, and he ended up signing. Uh, with the reputation this team, this franchise has with developing players, you know, maybe maybe Sammy decides, but I have not delved too much into that, but he is one of their more highly <clears throat> um um, highly rated prospects for sure. From Sarah, this is a good question because I was just asking about this the other day. What's up with Jamel Smith's injury and his status? We haven't heard about him in a while. So this is what tends to happen with players sometimes. Uh, Jamel Smith, of course, was injured in training camp, was supposed to be back by the middle of January. We actually saw him practicing one or two days with the team. Uh, what they tend to do with players in this situation is he actually went to Syracuse to continue his rehab and to get ready. And um, when he was ready, probably would have been put on waivers uh, with the intent to assign him to Syracuse. Uh, but when he went back, he, he was one of the, you know, he got caught up in that whole, uh, the COVID shutdown for Syracuse. So that's why we haven't heard anything about Jamel Smith to date. Um, I, I would imagine, uh, Syracuse is, is scheduled to come back and play on the 5th, which is uh, Wednesday, the day after I'm recording this. Uh, good chance that we would have to probably see uh, some sort of movement with Jamel because I think he's close to uh, being ready ready to play. Uh, from Jake, uh, what do you think about the trade deadline addition of Joe Pavelski? If Dallas eats half his contract and a third team eats a fourth, we could have him at 1.75 and a UFA this summer. Um, it's an intriguing idea. We certainly know that the Lightning flirted with Pavelski the other day. It was kind of funny to watch on social media a couple years ago when Julian Brisebois uh, had uh, brought Pavelski into town and kind of wined him and dined him a little bit. So we know that there was interest then. I just don't know that there's interest now. Not that Pavelski couldn't be a impact player, um, couldn't be a productive player while he's here. I just don't know if that's a route they want to go down. As I mentioned earlier, my wish list would be a depth defenseman and a centerman, um, probably a right-handed shot defenseman, or a right well, certainly a right-handed shot defenseman, but probably a right-handed center as well. <clears throat> so I don't know if that's a path that Tampa Bay wants to go down. Um, you know, Jake adds that uh, Pavelski would go a long way in the playoffs. I like the kid line, but we need to add our depth if we want a three-peat. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know how many rookies you want in your lineup and how much success teams ever have with this many rookies uh, in the lineup. But, um, again, we'll see. We'll see. Julian, Julian, what we've, as we've seen the last couple years, Julian's able to pull off some deals that we never saw coming. Uh, from Taylor, if anyone on the roster is going to go the trade deadline, who do you think it'll be? Apologies if you've answered this. Taylor, I don't I don't like to go into these questions because this is how bad rumors start. Somebody will listen to this and say, hey, Erlinson said that so-and-so is going to be traded. I, I just I don't want to get into that that kind of stuff. And so uh, no offense to not answering the question. Um, I don't like to speculate on who might be moved out. As we've seen the last couple of years, it hasn't been anybody. They've traded they've traded futures, right? They've traded first round draft picks, two of them at the twenty twenty deadline, including uh, not including Nolan Foote, who was their first round draft pick. So, um, 
I, I just I don't I don't like to get into speculating who off the roster might go because that's where things can happen. Uh, a lot of people have asked this question um, as this one comes in from uh, Mama Chat. Uh, should we make anything of Stamkos's wrapped right knee from the photo on Instagram with Goodrow's ring ceremony? <laughs> Very, very crafty eyes catch that stuff. Um, I mean, look, we, we know that he revealed in training camp this year that he had surgery on the knee right before the playoffs last year. Um, you know, so it, it's not unusual to see ice packs or wrap knees. It was a game day, right? So you want to try and get everything. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, I just don't know if it's anything to be concerned about. I, I know there's uh, people who are saying, "Oh, it's Steven Scamkos. He's probably going to be hurt again." Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I would not look too deep into that at current time. If he starts to miss some practices here and there, then that's when you start to go, "Okay, what's going on?" Uh, from our good friend Prezemic, with the current struggles of defense, could you see moving Sergachev to right D for a bit longer? Uh, and then try to find a left D at the trade deadline? Nah, I don't think so because. We haven't had the opportunity really to see too often um, with with the full complement of the D because Bogosian was injured from opening night, and then Eric Chernak missed eighteen out of twenty one games. So and now Bogosian's banged up again. I, I want to see what the entire right side looks like. I, I'm I'm comfortable with their top six. I don't know how comfortable I am with Cal Foot right now. So that's why I say if I'm looking for depth defenseman, I'm looking on the right side. You do have the ability to move Sergachev over to the right for sure. Um, but it, 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 this team, this coaching staff, and Julian, they like their lefty-righty balance. They just do. And the way, if you watch a game, the way that they rotate and move the defenseman around, I would be... I would be more inclined to say that they would look for depth on the right-hand side as opposed to the left-hand side. Now they're harder to come by at the trade deadline. We saw in 15, 2015, when the team needed a right-handed shot defenseman, they actually brought in Braden Coburn, who could play the right side and played the right side in Philly, uh, but he was a left-handed shot defenseman. Actually moved out a righty in Radko Gudis to get him. Uh, but we've seen in recent years for sure that they really, really do prefer to have uh, the lefty-righty balance um, on on the defense. Uh, here's one from Josh. How competitive do you see this team uh, five years from now, considering the contracts that are still needed and the depleted prospect pool? Um, it's so hard to say. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on the health of Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, he's the key to all of this. Um, you know, at that point, you're talking about Braden Point around 30 years old and Anthony Sorelli around 30 years old. Nikita Kucherov will be like 32, 33. How productive are they? Yeah, certainly the prospect pool takes a hit, and this is supposed to be the life cycle of a franchise, right? Probably the days of the Detroit Red Wings and 24 consecutive playoff appearances are very difficult to attain. Um, but, you know, this team drafts and develops so, so well that you can turn a third-round draft pick into a number-one center. You know, you can turn a third-round draft pick into a number-two defensive-minded center who could, you know, play uh, 20, um, 
you know, 20 minutes a night. So it, it, it's, it's very interesting and very difficult to kind of predict what it's going to be down uh, five years down the road. But um, I, I, five years seems to be about the window with this group of players. And it's just going to be dependent on how you are able to uh, draft and develop uh, your prospects that do come along uh, in that time uh, because it's, that's, that's a big reason why they've been so successful over the last number of years is that they are able to bring in some of these players um, on cheaper contracts uh, and anything else. Um, so uh, that's where things look like there. I have another one here from Bert. Uh, Bert, make sure you use the Ask EE hashtag. That's uh, hashtag Ask EE. Uh, I kind of had to search for this one, so I want to make sure I can get it in. Is there any changes you'd make to the Power Play 1 since it's been kind of abysmal and calculated? Uh, get the puck in Stammer's wheelhouse. Uh, it's been a work in progress. And I'll tell you the changes I'd make, putting Nikita Kucherov back on the right circle, everything will be fine. And as I mentioned earlier, he is very, very close to returning uh, you know, very soon here, uh, we should see him uh, back. Uh, another one here from Jerry. Hey, guys, again, remember, use the ask EE hashtag uh, so I don't miss this. Um, because Jerry wants to ask what happened to the penalty kill. It used to be stellar. Uh, it's The PK has gone from a strength to a dip to a slide. Um, now, uh, you were missing Sorelli for a little bit. Eric Chernak has been out for the amount of time that he's missed. Uh, you brought in O'Reilly Nash. Uh, so the personnel has been, been moved around a little bit. Uh, consistency was such a good key. It was, you know, you had, you had your penalty kill defensive pairs, and the top two forward pairs were Belmar with Joseph and Kaloran with Sorelli. Um, you know, that kind of got disrupted a little bit. So uh, it's, it's certainly something that has to get back on track. To me, it's about pressuring the puck. They have to find the better times and the better range to pressure the puck to force into um, situations to where they can be more successful. And, of course, blocking shots um, is, uh, is, is a key to it as well. All right, last one here from Tony. Um, thoughts on the overall season so far with everyone coming back? Slowly, hopefully, we see improvement on the power play. I, I mean, look, if you just sat here and told me at beginning of the season that you would lose Nikita Kucherov for three months, that you would lose Braden Point for six weeks. You'd have the COVID situation that knocked out both their top two goaltenders for almost a week, and they'd still be in the top five in the league in points. I think you'd have taken that and ran with it, right? I think that's certainly a um, a, a testament to the, the culture that this team has created in the locker room, the coaching staff, the players, uh, to sit here and be where they're at, uh, coming off of another cup season, coming off of the losses that they took uh, roster-wise in the in the off season. If you'd have told me all of that, and we'd be sitting here as the calendar turns to 2022, that they'd still be among the top teams in the league, I think you'd have taken that run with it. So I don't think how you can look at it as anything other than a positive, a positive to where this team is right now. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me. Uh, as always, I appreciate all the questions. I love the interaction. I love being able to kind of give you guys some feedback and some of my thoughts. Um, I hope everybody had a great new year. Uh, again, lightninginsider.com is the website. Yearly plan, monthly plans are available 
Uh, so check that out. Don't forget about the BetUS promo code BOLTS22. That's BOLTS22 at BetUS.com. Um, we'll come back with another one here in about a week or so. So uh, get your questions ready. Make sure you use that Ask EE hashtag on Twitter. Of course, you can email them to me as well, Eric at LightningInsider.com. That's E-R-I-K at LightningInsider.com as well. So the next time I put out the call for questions, that's the way to reach me. Right, everybody. Uh, again, Happy New Year, Happy Hockey Day, and we'll talk to you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.